106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. We're getting a lot done. And I promise you, I said Dr. Fettuccini was going to, Dr. Dan, Bob, Bob, pardon me, Dr. Dan Fauci, Dr. Anthony Scalia, is going to get 100 million vaccinations in arms. No joke. No joke. And we did that. And I'm serious. And that's what we've done. And I'm proud of the work we've done. I'm proud. My father, my mother from Scranton, they always told me, they said, if there's a bird on a fence and you got a rock, you kill two of the birds. Excuse me. You, b -b -b you killed the, you, you, there's two stones. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. Here's my home studio. Uh, as you can see, this time the reason that I'm here is um, that I have had a recent COVID exposure. Um, I'm vaccinated and boosted. I have tested negative so far, but I was definitely exposed to somebody uh, who is symptomatic and positive. So that means I cannot go to the studio um, and risk infecting any of my beloved coworkers. I cannot use a vaccinated person as a host. So that means I cannot go to the studio um, and risk infecting any of my beloved co-workers. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> we need you to stay in your home for a couple weeks. It's for the greater good. We need you to close your business just for a short time. It's for the greater good. We need you to stay home just a little bit longer than two weeks. It's, it's for the greater good. We need you to wear this on your face. It's, it's for the greater good. We need you to wear two of these on your face. It's for the greater good. We need you to inject this into your body. It's for the greater good. We need you to spend the holidays alone. It's for the greater good. You must inject this into your body if you want to feed your family. It's for the greater good. We need you to stop eating that. It's not good for the environment. It's for the greater good. We need you to stop driving your car and flying. It's for the greater good. We need you to stop heating your home so often it's for the greater good. We need you to stop saying that. It's hurting some people's feelings. This is for the greater good. We need you to stop having children. It's not good for the planet. This is for the greater good. We need you to stop talking about your faith. It's offending people. This is for the greater good. We need to separate you from your children because you're not complying. This is for the greater good. We need to hold you in a facility for a little while for not cooperating. This is for the greater good. 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 Yo, man. Yo, open up, man. Yo, what you want, man? My constituents just caught me. 
You let him catch you? I don't know how I let this happen. Wait, where? The place next door, you know? Wait, I thought you ordered all the restaurants to close. Man, I don't know what to do. Just say it wasn't you. All right. Photo came and then they called me red-handed, eating at the place next door. Were there a lot of people there? Picture this, it was not that vacant, like a hundred peeps or more. How could I forget that I had Vandal Lindo gatherings? Just a prime example of a really big hypocrisy. Stand we're not like other creatures Rules do not apply to us, we are the leaders Voters can't be trusted to be indoor eaters They are more contagious after all their mouth breathers Just tell them it's important to follow all the law How any violation might kill a grandma Why you do what you want, even pardoning laws Mr. Mayor, how would you prefer your foie gras? Donated Sir, we saw you at a party It wasn't me Eating at the French Laundry It wasn't me You even had the clam chowder It wasn't me Sir, we got you on camera it wasn't me You said we can't be super spreading It wasn't me So I missed my brother's wedding It wasn't me You jailed a barber for hairdressing I have a wedding This is getting upsetting Photo came in and they got me red-handed Eating at the place next door How's it going tonight? This is Lou Benninger. You're listening to No Hostages Radio, and this is our 150th episode, which in Obama math, that's three years. But in the old school math, that's uh, not quite three years. So um, welcome. Uh, however you got here, through our website at nohostagesradio.com or through our podcast source, No Hostages Radio, obviously. You can reach me at lou at nohostagesradio.com, or you can reach me at 530-713-1838 by call or text. Uh, we also do a, a, a live show now on Saturday starting last May. We're not quite there yet for one year, but uh, we used to do it many years ago at KMYC. If you want to listen to that, you can. You can go to live365.com, wherever you are in the world, live365.com. And then just click on radio and put in the call letters KMYC and you'll listen to whatever is being streamed. We're there from 10 o'clock left coast time to one o'clock in the afternoon. So the same day, the podcast pops up on the 12th, uh, this February 12th, and also we'll be doing a lot doing the live show. We do uh, carry over the recordings of the live show uh, over onto Rumble uh, at uh, One Eye Blind Media channel. And we also record this show and put it over on our website and also on Live with Lou uh, Facebook site. So plenty of ways to get a hold of us. Um, let's see, what did I leave out? I think I got most of it, I think. Uh, thank you very much. Okay, so um, I want to give a little shout out to some people that are doing good work. And one of those folks, I want to give an announcement for a dinner coming up. It's a fundraiser. And the nice thing about these fundraisers, it doesn't go into somebody's pocket to keep them in office, but it goes to help uh, promote the conservative ideals and philosophy of the founders. 
And so you can help doing this. Everybody's a volunteer as a, a part of this Yuba County Republican Central Committee. They're having a, I, they call it a Lincoln dinner. I thought they used to call it Lincoln Day dinner, but it doesn't really make any difference. It's a traditional dinner for Republicans each year based on Abraham Lincoln. And uh, they want us to save the date. That's why they're talking to me about it at March 26th. And doors are open at 530. It's going to be a, a $50 per person silent and live auction at Peachtree Golf and Country Club. There's table sponsors available, sponsorships available of all kinds of values, lots of money, little money, where you get lots of goodies and tickets and spiffs if you buy a table. Uh, so you can check it out, $50 a piece. It says limited seating. I know the building. It doesn't hold many people, maybe a couple hundred people. That's all it holds, maybe not even that many unless they're going to put it outside in a tent like they put up tents and stuff. So it doesn't say that it's a, it is it. Oh yeah, it's a dinner. So it doesn't say, I always like to find out what are they going to eat over there, but they don't say, so that's going to be a surprise. They said they're going to have a surprise debt guest named Toby announced, but then I realized it means to be announced. And that means they're not telling us right now. So I, I just guessed and I'm, I'm promoting that uh, sleepy Joe Biden's come coming and uh, so, you know, you might tell your friends about it and they might all get excited and want to come see Sleepy Joe. So if I can't figure things out, I just guess. How about that? All right. So, all right. We I, I tried to start this earlier and I had some, comp some technological difficulties. So I'm hoping I had to fire up. I just shut everything off. And, you know, isn't that how it is? You, you, the old computer deal, when you don't know what you're doing, you just shut everything off and reboot the whole thing. You just say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Put your finger in the, the hole in the back. Uh, so anyway, uh, I wanted to also mention a couple other things. So that, that group, Republican Central Committee of Yuba County, is a group that meets on the third Tuesday of each month. You don't have to be on the committee. You don't have to sit on the board. We'd like you to just get involved. If you want things to be different in our community, that's where we're primarily focused. We can't really change the state or the federal government or the whole world unless you change your backyard, your neighborhood, and your city, your little city and county. That's what we're shooting for. So third Tuesday of each month, you can get involved. You think, what can I do? You can do a lot of things. I'm confident. So we're going to try to get people registered to vote. We're going to try to oversee the voting the voting system. We're going to try to get people elected. We're going to try to get the word out about different measures that are good or bad. So uh, the thing you can do is get involved, get get your juices going, and get, uh, get a little exercise. Go out there and check it out. It's at the Hallwood Church at 2825 Highway 20. It's about six minutes outside the city limit of Marysville on Highway 20. Social, a little social get-together at 6.30. Meeting starts at 7. So, uh, okay, you good with that? I also have some of our signs, 18 by 24-inch no trespassing signs with all the proper codes on it that tells only people allowed, allowed on your property that are uh, requests or invites for you. And if the government's coming for any reason, they need to bring a warrant, right? You got that? Okay, glad you glad you got it. Okay, I want to just draw your attention that if you don't like the way the schools are going, uh, one option, even if your kids are in school, one option 
to allow people to have freedom. You know, the, the, the government schools are one of the few areas in our society where there's no freedom at all. In other words, you're forced to, I'm forced, I haven't had kids in the public school system for 30 years. You're forced to support the schools, regardless of whether you like them or not. Your kids are forced to go there unless you make a big issue to leave, like go to a private school or charter school or uh, homeschool. And so, so if you decide to leave the public schools, the government schools, your money goes with the government schools and your kid has to be funded somewhere else a second time. You have to pay twice. So um, CaliforniaSchoolChoice.org is a website, CaliforniaSchoolChoice.org. They're promoting Election Freedom Act. Now, basically, there's, there's a few other details, but basically what's happening here, if your child's in school, and you decide you want to move them to a different school where it costs money to go, like to a private school, some kind of an accredited school, or homeschool, you can take $14,000 of money with you and to pay for the expenses. So go to the website and then download or print off a petition, sign the petition, because this this isn't going on the ballot unless they get a million good signatures. I think they're going to have a tough time because I don't see a lot of action. We're, we're signing. I've signed it. We're signing them out at the Church of Glad Tidings where I go. We're, we have sign-up tables. I don't know. Maybe they got something going that is just low profile. But please sign the petition. It, even if you're going to, even if you like the school you're in, government school, please sign the petition to allow other people to vote on it to uh, to get their kids fourteen thousand dollars and go somewhere else if, if they're not happy. My experience in our local schools here in Yuba Sutter is there's a couple really good schools, or at least there was, or there, there were a couple. Uh, Mary Kovalod School was very good, top school in the in the state. Um, but most schools are not good in California. There's not. They got the union teachers teaching them, and uh, it, it's not the te- the classes. The schools in California are not about kids. They're, it's white-collar welfare, and it's just a mechanism to pay people a lot of money to go through some routines every day. Schools are the only th- place where there's no competition. Schools are the only place where uh, you, are, you can keep your job and be a poor performer. You can't do that in the private sector. If you get a bad meal, a lot of teachers would go to a restaurant. If they get a bad meal, they're not going to pay for it. But we, if we get a bad meal at, a, at, the, at the school, we get a bad teacher. we got to pay for it just the same. you just got to keep paying, paying, paying whether they have good performance or not. And the schools have a difficult time finding a bad teacher. They think they're all red hot. It's, uh, so I'm going to talk more about the schools in a minute. I had a good talk tonight with uh, before I came on the, uh, the air, as they say. Uh, I had a good talk with Apple Bistro owner Jeanette Waldo. I think that's how you pronounce her name, W-A-L-D-O-W. I was going to do Waldau, but I, you know, in America, you can't figure out how to pronounce things. you got to go to, like, Mexico to figure out how to pronounce things. So uh, we had a good talk. She's a very nice person. I've never talked to her online, but I finally got her. her, her uh, I've never talked to her. Uh, I've just heard about her, read about her in the paper. And so I've been talking about Apple Bistro, which is being uh, – harassed by nazis up in el dorado county and i found out tonight that that actually businesses all over the the state of california according to uh, jeanette have been 
intensely harassed, have been raided by SWAT, have been raided by Consumer Affairs with guns drawn. Uh, there have been power and water turned off. Uh, she had her point of sales devices, which is where your credit card gets swiped when you eat at her restaurant, Apple Bistro. It's at 2740 Highway 50, Placerville, California. So she stayed open. Uh, she had rent to pay. She had insurance to pay. She had employees to, to employ, uh, workers to employ. And so she, she refused to shut down. And so then the, the county supervisors began to fine her, fine her, fine her. It got to be almost $160,000, $170,000 and take her to court, removed all her permits to operate. She continued to operate. She continues to uh, people come and buy, pay with cash, etc. So she is fighting the government and, um, so attorney Rick Martin, who's a former net, former, uh, army ranger, uh, he provided a message that says to all government officials, you are in violation of your oath of office by trespassing unlawfully on the property of this business establishment and committing an act of domestic terrorism under section two eight Oh two of the Patriot act. It says also you are knowingly and willingly violating the the rights of a business owner. You are no longer protected under judicial immunity and are now subject to being arrested and also sued in your private capacity. It ends by saying we we'll, we will take everything you own and work for, including your freedom. I just love that. Uh, I would love to see the supervisors sued and 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 take away their freedom and everything they own. I am sick of this. So anyway, I had a good talk with Jeanette. She's going to court, not, not, uh, well, uh, when you listen to this, she's going to court on the next Friday and, um, they're going to fight it out again. And then on Saturday, the, after the Friday, um, she's trying to encourage people to come on up. So I just come up anytime you want, but take some cash. Uh, I don't know whether she does checks or not, but uh, you can take some cash. You can look on her website if you want. So she normally from 5 to 5, but a lot of people, she said the sweet spot in the day is from about 10, 10.30 to 11 on to about 4 in the afternoon. So they got. A, I hear people have gone up from listening to the show. They said it's a marvelous view up there. It's a beautiful place. Uh, Jeanette said they even tried to figure out how to shut down her water. She works off a... Uh, a well and a pump system. It's just, you know, uh, only in America. So then she tells me about a guy. Uh, I thought it was in, when she talked about it. Uh, I thought it was a guy up there, but it's a, it happened to a guy in, in Monterey, California, and and a place called uh, Aloha Coffee, and he refused to close down, and they sent the SWAT team in. They confid- And then they, sh- they shut his power off. He bought a generator and ran it off a generator, then finally, the SWAT team came in, confiscated his generator, and took out his refrigeration system, whether it's just a big refrigerator or what, and uh, just stole from him, stole stole his equipment out of his store. So now uh, that Aloha Coffee is no longer in business. It's gone. And uh, Jeanette said, unfortunately, some of the businesses that stayed open in um, her county uh, and the government came after, uh, they initially folded and gave in to the government and uh, i don't know what their situation is now whether open or not open but they uh they gave up the fight now what i'm trying to tell people is you're only going to have the freedom that you want to take so be as free as you want so uh if you want to if you want to say i'm not going to take off this mask somewhere then just don't 
you know, just take it off. Just take it. Don't wear it. Uh, they hand you a mask. Just whatever it is, if you think it's violating your freedom, then just stand up for your freedom. That's when you have freedom. Uh, so it also want to mention uh, another thing coming up that's going to be really cool is another save the date is on uh, April 1st. Uh, actually, there's several dates for a week to two weeks. April 1st, let me see if I can find this uh, email real quick. I, I just got a flyer. It's just coming up, and you're going to want to do this because it is a great, and I got it right here. Come on. Uh, okay, so on April 1st, you know, a lot of you were never taught the Constitution in high school. And the, I understand they don't teach it anymore. So the, there's a lot of good ways to get it. And that's one through Chris Ann Hall and one through Institute of the Constitution. And um, let me just get up here and and I'm just going to read those. I, I want to give you the website. So. I want to get you connected. So a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I never did learn the Constitution. So you, you have a lot of rights in there. So one place to look for is instituteontheconstitution.com. And they have great classes online, okay? And then Chris Ann Hall, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E, Hall.com. And then you could actually... Get some good classes online at hillsdale.edu. It's one of the best colleges in the United States. It's been here since the 1800s. They do not take a nickel from the government, so they're very independent, and they're very patriotic, and they support what the founding fathers believed, hillsdale.edu. So the reason I brought up those is because on April 1, and for a few dates, let me switch over and to my other device, okay, so, so on April 1 here in Sutter County, there's going to be a, a constitution for peace officers and their posse. So there's going to be a day of training, and the title is the Constitution for Peace Officers and their posse. The posse is you and me. So what's that mean? That means from they're, lo they're looking to recruit sheriffs, deputies, law enforcement in general, elected representatives and citizens who want to understand the Constitution and the responsibilities of the oath of office. And at that meeting in Yuba City at Church of Glad Tidings, registration, I believe, is from 8 to 9 in the morning. Yeah, actually, it says it starts at 8 and ends at 4, lunch included, for $49. So there's multiple locations. Uh, they just list two on this flyer. April 1 is in Yuba City or just north of Yuba City at Church of Glad Tidings. And then there's a second one at uh, 6331 Watt Avenue, North Highlands, <clears throat> the next day at April, April 2nd. So you need to register and easy to register. It's $49, lunch included. So lunch nowadays seems to me cost about $15 or $20. So that's a pretty cheap all-day training. Uh, they do not give this kind of training in police academies or sheriff academies or CHP academies. They do not train like this. So Church of Glad Tidings is 1179 Eager Road, 
they call it Live Oak, California, just north of Yuba City. Uh, so, I mean, here's the way where you register. Go on the internet at gorilla, G O R I L A, learninginstitute.org. Gorilla, not G U E R, but G O R I L L A, learninginstitute.org. Or you can call Jack Frost at 916 616 7962. 916 616 7962. But I think you can just get on there and, and put your money in and get a place. It's, it'll be very nice, comfortable setting if you've never been there. Easy parking, uh, no masks. Uh, we don't follow any of the COVID nonsense. So, um, yeah, that, I think I covered it. So, register talk to your law enforcement friends if you know a young officer i'm telling you chris ann hall is one of the best and sheriff richard mack are going to be both be there he started the the uh, constitutional peace officers sheriff richard mack and chris ann hall is coming out from florida so that's that and i hope you can attend that because it's going to be a really good course and here's the deal if i had a teenager um or even a sharp junior hire, I would uh, I would bring him to that course. You're going to get more teaching than I've ever seen in a high school on the Constitution in just that one eight-hour eight day. Plus, you're going to get lunch. So I'd pull your kid out of school and let him come over, and that, that would be a semester's worth of education for him. And also, I'd just go use those online courses for them as well. We're going to take a break right now. We're going to do five more segments, and looks like my equipment's running right now, so we're in good shape. Thank you so much. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. Much of the nation will be watching the Super Bowl this Sunday. As a former longtime resident of Cincinnati, I don't have to tell you who I'll be rooting for, but I want you to know a member of the L.A. team. Tanisha was under heavy pressure to abort her baby. Thanks to the Open Door Maternity Home, she chose life and gave birth to a son, Marquise Copeland. He grew up to be a fine young man and an amazing football player. Fast forward to this football season, Marquise is playing defensive lineman for the Los Angeles Rams. In the playoffs, he was credited with a crucial interception that helped propel the team to the Super Bowl. If you'll be watching the game, keep an eye out for number 93. Tanisha's unplanned pregnancy was God's special miracle. For more information, visit our website at lifeissues.org. And stay informed, more informed than you've ever been. Listen, it, it, it is theft on the part of GoFundMe. Let me say the Canadian truckers are heroes. They are patriots and they are marching for your freedom and for my freedom. They, they are those truck drivers that God bless them. They're defending Canada, but they're defending America as well. That is that is courage on display that the government doesn't have the right to force you to comply to their arbitrary mandates. And they're standing up for freedom. And of course, big government hates it and is trying to crush them. Of course, the corporate media hates it and is trying to silence them. And big tech, you look at what GoFundMe did. 
People gave $10 million to support the Freedom Convoy because they were so proud of the courage of these truck drivers. And, and the thieves in Silicon Valley decided, we don't like your politics. So A, we're going to take your money. And then B, we're going to give it to people we like. Listen, if, if anyone else did that, that is called theft. And, and so today, uh, I sent a letter to the Federal Trade Commission asking that the FTC open an investigation into GoFundMe into whether they've committed deceptive trade practices. Because when people gave money, they gave money under the promise it would go to the Freedom Convoy, not to whatever left-wing political ideology GoFundMe and yeah. other Silicon Valley companies support. They are deceiving are, consumers, and it is yep. wrong. I know there are many educators who want to protect children. This goal is not different from my own. Our implementation preferences may differ, but we want the same thing, to get through COVID without harm. Unfortunately, politics leads us to believe there is only one solution, masks. Yet thousands of schools around the country have been open during the entire pandemic without masks and no corresponding rise in serious illness. There were not child coffins lined up as some educators in this county suggested would be the case. In fact, things have been going pretty much as normal. Kids are getting sick despite wearing masks. We are forcing healthy children home for exposure despite them wearing masks. And we are segregating children by vaccination status and religious exemption status despite the wearing of masks. So I ask you, if masks work, why don't they? I now... I'd now like to cover the facts. Not policy is determined by the White House, not CDC recommendations, which I remind you is still policy. Policy, I might add, that changes by the day without any basis in science at all. So here are the facts that are available to any one of you. Over the course of the pandemic, 49,000 children have died of all causes. 331 of those were COVID-related. Yet we have turned kids' lives upside down at school for what is essentially a non-risk. Let's put that risk into context. Last year, fewer kids died of COVID-19 than of heart disease, cancerous tumors, suicide, homicide, and drownings. Have the protocols, have, have the schools stopped serving hamburgers and french fries? Have we put up tinfoil on the ceilings to block power lines? Do we even address the growing incidences of suicide during the pandemic? No, we play politics with kids' faces by placing restrictive fabric over their noses and mouths that the CDC itself has said don't do anything, and it's for their safety. This is asinine. This is blatant political theater, and it needs to end. Finally, regarding that end, I need to point something out that has been bothering me. On November 15th of last year, I had the privilege of speaking with Dr. McDade for 10 minutes following the CRT town hall meeting. During that discussion, which was friendly and cordial, I asked what she, as superintendent, could do to get the kids out of masks. Dr. McDade told me that she would if she could, but that her hands were tied by then Governor Northam's executive order mandating face coverings. And if it weren't for that, things would be different. Well, tonight, things are different. And I'd like to ask you, Dr. McDade, tonight, what has changed? And what do you plan on doing now that your hands are untied? I'm in fact, I'm asking all of you to step up the way other leaders who have, who have and are ending COVID restrictions by the day. What, when will you, what will it take? You are on the losing side of history Thank and it's time to make that right before these children now.
right. So I wanted to uh, just, uh, for those that are new, I wanted to uh, give you an idea why I do this show and why I do the radio. The only reason is to to hopefully uh, light a fire under you and instigate some activity and stir you up to uh, be an activist. I have no interest in attending meetings that go nowhere and just uh, beat around the problem. So I'm into uh, changing the country, changing the city, changing the neighborhood, uh, changing heroin addicts, uh, change, 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 and uh, changing politicians that do nothing and just uh, show up and eat uh, rubber chicken. So right now we have a lot of politicians in the Yuba Center area that what I call wallflowers. They collect their money. They don't do anything, particularly at the uh, – I don't know. I've actually wanted – to check the old obituaries to see if Doug LaMalfa, who doesn't really represent us anymore, but still, uh, I, I watch all these red hot uh, rep, Republican freshman congressmen stirring it up on the floor of the con- of the House of Representatives, and I can't even ever see Doug. I don't even know whether Doug goes to the meetings back there, but he gets paid. But the same way we got it to, at the state house down here, our, we got representatives that don't do anything. They're wallflowers except when they want to raise money and then they take their picture and they, they're going to have a St. Patrick's Day deal that is just a reason to get together and get checks. I'm not into that. I'm not, I don't give the Republican Party. Please don't give to the Republican Party of California. They, are, they aren't true Republicans. They are, uh, they are a fraud. They're fake, they're fake news is what they are. Don't give money to them. Don't support them. Get out and support. Just do practical local support of your candidates and get behind them. Walk, go door to door, make phone calls, help organize, uh, stuff envelopes, whatever they need you to do. Do something and then give some local, uh, give some money to your local uh, people that you want to uh, take over, take office, okay? So, um, okay, so that covers that. That covers, okay, let me just, uh, this Constitutional Sheriff and Peace Officer Association, all right, uh, the following county. Okay, this is going to, uh, let me give you a little extra information because you may be from a different county. So they're going to do these classes in Placer, El Dorado, Nevada, Sutter, Yuba, Butte, Sacramento, Yolo, and San Joaquin. So Yuba Sutter's one class. So, uh they may be including Butte in that. I'm not sure. But uh, if you know people over in Calusa County or Glen County, and, and uh, we're going to be recruiting people from the freedomco.net. By the way, if you don't know about the freedomco.net website, you need to take advantage of it no matter where you are in the country. And uh, Freedom Co., that stands for Freedom Coalition Network, which we created during the COVID fiasco to help people uh, – Get informed, understand what's going on and the fraud that's being perpetrated by these criminals, local uh, Dr. Death and her buddy, uh, Crystal Martin, who's uh, Dr. Goebbels. So you got Dr. Mingala, Dr. Goebbels, who's the, the minister of propaganda, encouraging people to take the jab and stuff like that. So then you go on up and you have the Gavin Newsom's and the head of the health department. You go on up and you have the Fauci's and you go on up and I'm going to play you a clip about the beginning of the new Nuremberg trials here in a, in a couple segments. So anyway, uh, this uh, constitutional class is a huge opportunity, very cheap. And uh, a lot of you guys will go out and blow, uh, take, take your babe out, take your husband out, and you'll drop 40 bucks a plate somewhere. And uh, so this is something. And, and by the way, 
there's training materials go along with this. You got lunch and training materials that all are in uh, for the uh, the price. So, all right. So I saw this. Someone posted this government health advice. This is exactly what Dr. Lou did. Dr. Lou, by the way, if you're out of town from out of town, you wonder who is this Dr. Lou? She's actually, I call her Dr. Death. She's supposed to be the health official. She gets $300,000 a year and won't even live in this area. She lives and commutes in. And then when she gets tired of commuting, the supervisors are so amazing at giving away our money. They rent her a hotel room in case she doesn't want to go home. It's just, it's amazing. I don't, now they got, they, because of me, I guess they, they thought I was going to kill her. So they got all this guards around her. I don't know whether she rides around in a limo and does works out of the back of a limo. I'm not quite what, sure what she do. But the one thing she doesn't do is see patients. She's a doctor, but never sees patients. I mean, a medical doctor, right? So this is a government health advice. You know, we, we pay uh, these health, uh, these health information officers, a hundred thousand dollars a year to tell us to, to drink water when it's 100 degrees out or 90 degrees or to wear a cap <laughs> or when it's pollute, polluted air out, don't go outside. It's toxic. You know, it, you know, it's interesting where government, just any excuse to expand and give somebody white-collar welfare, and then, you, then they do stupid stuff like tell us to drink water. It's like it's, it's so uh, – what do they call it uh, – it's like being a parent, like parenting the 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 uh, slaves, right? Put a coat on. Don't catch cold. Don't get your hair wet. All that stuff. So here's some government health advice for you. This would be straight out of Dr. Lou's office. Avoid sunlight and fresh air as much as possible. Trap bacteria and germs on your face for at least eight hours a day. Watch television news propaganda every day instill a sense of anxiety and fear in your children and get injected with untested vaccines or taking the kill shot. That's what they call it, the kill shot. So the other thing I saw that I, I thought was really cool, and I, I'm so, I love truckers. I've never drawn a, I used to drive a, uh, uh, when I was a teenager and running a way station for harvesting fruit, I used to drive a bobtail, which is about 20 feet long, but and and I used to load the tractor tr- truck and tractor rigs that you see going down the big double trailers, uh, but I never drove one like out on the highway. So uh, this this got me. It says trucking schools are producing better citizens than universities. I'll say that again. Trucking schools are producing better citizens than universities. And uh, that's a sad day when that's true. Uh, but that's that's true. That's because universities are communist run. And they're teaching kids to hate America and not to bother with the Constitution and to uh, embrace uh, communist ideology. So there's a guy, guy named Alexander Solzhenitsyn. He's dead now, but he was a famous writer, in, uh, famous published writer in Russia who did many years in jail. And then finally, when they let him out, they let him leave the country because he was stirring up the people uh, all the time. People he had he had a people had a high regard for him, and so he came to the United States and he was shocked at how little regard we had for our freedom and uh, and our liberty. And of course, the founding fathers said, "If you don't protect it, you're going to lose it." So I want you to listen to this uh, little portion of one of his writings, and uh, 
he's reflecting on his life. He says, and again, he was living in Russia when it was communist and you could not leave the country. They, they not only forbid people to slip into the country, they wouldn't allow their own people to live, to leave and admit that, that it was a hellhole. Solzhenitsyn says, quote, and how we burned in the camps together. He means burned in our, on our bosom, not on fire. Like we were steamed. How we burned in the camps later thinking, here's what we were thinking. What would things have been like? Like here they were living in these concentration camps. And so they were thinking, wow, what if we had done this? instead of done that and get locked up here. So he said, this was our thinking. What would things have been like if every security operative, in other words, cop, when he went out at night to make an arrest, had been uncertain whether he would return alive and had to say goodbye to his family? Or if during periods of mass arrest, as for example in Leningrad, when they arrested a quarter of the entire city, People, if what what would have happened if the people had not simply sat there in their chairs, paling with terror at every bang of the downstairs door and at every step on their staircase? But what if they had understood they had nothing left to lose and had boldly set up in the downstairs hall an ambush of half a dozen people with axes, hammers, pokers, and whatever else was at hand? Now, I'm going to stop right here. There's a little bit more, but let me just give an editorial comment here. Do you see how he said, what if we would have hidden downstairs and we were and we were going to ambush these guys trying to take us to a concentration camp and we ambushed them with what? Axes, hammers, pokers, whatever. They had no guns. You know why? Because they confiscated all the guns. So now we're down to fighting with an axe or a hammer. He said that the organization would very quickly, the organizations would have very quickly suffered a shortage of officers and transport. And notwithstanding all of Stalin's thirst, the cursed machine would have ground to a halt. If, if we didn't love freedom enough and even more, we had no awareness of the real situation. We purely and simply deserved everything that happened afterward. That was 70 years that they were living under communist, intense communism. And I showed up there right after the fall of communism. The, and uh, you could travel there from the United States. And, uh, and kind, people were pretty much free. And uh, it was the country was completely collapsed and broken. It was a fraud. Uh, Sad situation. But Alexandra uh, Solzhenitsyn uh, has a real perspective on it. And he said, if we would only risen up, if we would only stood our ground and said no, if we would only when they came in to drag people out of our of the apartments and send us to concentration camps, all we would have had to do is pick up something and beat them to death. But it's interesting how people just go passively, isn't it? This is the other thing that was so fascinating this last week. It says nothing says more about Democrat priorities than raising the price of insulin on day one of the of the uh, Biden administration. Remember day one? He raised the price on insulin. 
Nothing says more about Democrat priorities than raising the price of insulin on day one and making crack pipes free. When I heard that on the news, something about crack pipes, I thought, that's amazing. What are they talking about, crack pipes? Then I finally read a couple articles, and I thought, the the liberals have lost their mind. They think somehow we're going to save lives, crack addicts' lives, by giving them clean crack pipes. <laughs> Unbelievable. And then the next guy says, and just like that, crack cocaine was safer than ivermectin. Isn't that amazing? You're going to like, you're not going to arrest anybody for crack cocaine or crank meth. And you're going to let them smoke it blessed and, and given free crack pipes, but you're going to arrest pharmacists and doctors for dispersing or writing prescriptions for ivermectin. Is that a, does something like that just seem really crazy to you? All right. Well, let me make a couple comments here about guys that help us stay on the air or on the Internet. Oh, by the way, I wanted to mention that uh, my friend called me and said, Lou, the state of California has removed all the vaccine exemptions for children. And it's going to start on March 10th. So that means all accredited schools, private and public, according to him. I haven't seen this in writing, but he just called me today a few hours ago and said they're going to they're forcing that all kinds of vaccines and kids don't get exemptions. So he said, we're leaving the government schools. But so I wanted to mention that there are a few schools that I think have some spots, and that's the New Life School out on Arboga Road in in Marysville, New Life. It's New Life Assembly. They've had a school there for 30 years probably or more. And then there's uh, Faith Christian out in Yuba City, and then there's the Baptist, uh, Beale Road Baptist, uh, Bible Baptist on Beale Road. They have a, I heard a great school going out there. They just kind of redid everything, remodeled, built some new buildings, high-tech buildings. They got it going on at Bible Baptist out on North Beale Road, out towards Beale Air Force Base, and also Embassy Private Education Center located out at Church of Glad Tidings. We, we set them up temporarily there, and uh, they are growing. They're going to get some modulars, I guess. They, they've got one building, and then they're running out of room. So, uh, But if you want to go out there, they you can go on the website and read about it at churchofgladtidings.com. Take your cursor and move it over the word ministries. Let the drop-down happen, and then just touch on Embassy Private Educational Center, or it might be listed as EPEC, E-P-E-C. And it'll tell the prices. It'll tell everything about it. And uh, you can give them a shout out. They'll have emails on there like epic at churchofgladtidings.com. They'll have phone numbers, all that stuff. You can actually enroll your child online right there. Boom, just send it over. And uh, it's a good school. They're having a good experience out there. Also, I wanted to mention, I don't have a listing for it, but you could probably find it at Church of Glad Tidings website for the uh, Arrow Education, A-R-R-O-W Education. You you. Put your cursor over ministries down. You'll see a pot, a drop down, and you'll see Arrow Education. So if you are a home edu- home educator, homeschooler, you're a parent, and you would like to join sort of a co-op 
and they're meeting at Glad Tidings on uh, at 1179 Eagle Road every Wednesday. And I think there's an annual fee of like $20 per child, and that just goes to cover some of the speakers and some of the overhead costs. But they spend the day together. They have classes together on campus here. They have some recreation. They have some food. And so it's a good experience. And uh, so check out Arrow Education, particularly if you have you need some input on curriculum or you you feel like you're a little lost in a particular area or maybe this is your first time you ever did it and you don't have curriculum or you don't have a knowledge of what you need. You're going to find people there probably turn you on to some old curriculum and um, you don't have to go out and buy it. Or they'll, they'll, they'll share with you what they think are the best. You know, why start over when you have people that did all the research already? So check it out. And if that's a help to you, um, sure, I'm, I'm happy about that. All right. So uh, let's see. Get back down to where I was doing business here. Uh, let's. Okay. Oh, we're about the end of our second spot here second clip it's throwing me off a little bit i did one segment already but it it had a, a malfunction electoral malfunction i had to reboot the whole thing so let me mention some of the people that support us uh, all power services uh these guys are really getting busy i just heard the other day they were like somebody's saying oh can you look at my car they said oh we're jammed this week so uh, all power services they're starting to get momentum out there and they do a great job everybody everybody that goes there says they do a great job oh they talk about oh they did this and they did that and they fixed this and they got my car running and they figured out what was wrong with that so all power services 530-844-0347 they're located in south yuba city at 1469 stewart road and you can reach them by email at allpower1469 at gmail.com they work on anything that has power to it chainsaws small small engines weed eaters tractors motorcycles all-terrain vehicles boat motors they, they these guys are gifted man i wish i knew just a thumb thumbful of uh what they know and also let me just mention i got enough time here to talk about north valley paralegal uh Nelly Garcia, she's busy, busy, busy. She's looking for some helpers. If you're bilingual or if you're like one lingual, one lingual, monolingual, go over there. If if you want to be, maybe you've worked as a legal secretary, maybe you haven't, or you you really feel drawn to the legal world. Um, she's looking for some workers, and give her a call at seven five one. That's a five three zero seven five one nine two eight nine. Any kind of legal work you need, a lot of you know, a lot of times people just go to attorney or an attorney out of a knee jerk, knee jerk reaction to, oh man, I got this letter, somebody's suing me, somebody's doing this, somebody's doing that, my somebody's taking me to court for child support, something, something. I I don't have to, I need to file myself, and uh, she can help you. So uh, she'll do it faster, cheaper, with a better attitude. She's a lovely person, so uh, check it out. She's a seven five one. Sutter Street in Yuba City. So we're we're just la- landing the plane here on our second segment. We got four more to go, and uh, there's some clips in between here for you that we'll play right now. I can't help about the shape I'm in. I can't sing. I ain't pretty, and my legs are thin. But don't ask me what I think of you. I might not give the answer that you want me to. <laughs> Thank you. 
I was, uh, was going to get married one time. I, you know, it, it's hard finding the right person. I was living with a girl for about eight months until she found out I was there. And uh, I didn't work pretty good. But, but there was another girl that I was in love with, and we was going to get married, but she wasn't going to take my name. So I broke that relationship off because I'm a traditionalist. I think they ought to take the name. Plus, I thought it'd be cool both of us named Larry. You know, I thought that'd be nice. Our government has been in close contact with the mayor of Ottawa and municipal and provincial officials. So far, the RCMP has mobilized nearly 300 officers to support the Ottawa police services and is ready to do more. Rather than face the Canadian people, Justin Trudeau is sicking his police on them. Governments have been hiring globalist players and thugs for years. Meet Peter Slowly, known for being woke. Seven years ago, as deputy police chief, Peter slowly said that being black made him a suitable candidate for Toronto's next police chief, and claimed a more important factor was his experience as a United Nations peacekeeper, an international police force known for raping and pillaging communities under the flag of peace. It was reported that there was much animosity when Slowly was not chosen to be Toronto's first black police chief. And a year later, he resigned. During his resignation speech, he bragged about tempting offers coming from the international private sector and went on immediately to join the company Deloitte, whose CEO sits on the board of directors at Pfizer and who was awarded over $40 million by the CDC to build a vaccine management system. A couple months before the COVID-19 scamdemic, Peter Slowly was made chief of the Ottawa police. While the world celebrates the inspiring human spirit coming from the people of Canada, their own police steal their gasoline to freeze them out. Families and children and the foundations of an incoming false flag are now being identified. Meet Peter Downing, a former cop for the RCMP who was given full pay and a clean record after a criminal conviction. Downing is the head of Wexit, an Alberta separatist movement seeking to overrule Canadian law with decrees set by the United Nations and funded by a woman who sits on the board of the Atlantic Council. The Atlantic Council founded CrowdStrike, which ties them to Hillary Clinton. They are funded by George Soros and the Ukraine's Burisma. They are considered a threat to constitutional order by the Russian government, and they fund Peter Downing's Wexit. Wexit has made itself a part of the Ottawa protests, and their connections to George Soros and the RCMP should be cause for alarm. People need to be on the lookout for state-sponsored shenanigans. We've been told that one of the triggers or indicators where we know that they're going to physically move against us and start arresting us is when our media goes down. When all of our telecommunications devices do go down, when we go fully black, the next phase of this will be the public order units will move in on us and start kettling. This is it. If there's a media blackout of everybody that you're connected to with this freedom convoy, 
that's your trigger that you know something is up and I would encourage you to make arrangements and immediately start heading to Ottawa. Trudeau's Liberals are now scurrying to pass their new anti-hate laws straight out of communist China, where a Canadian can be fined $70,000 and thrown in jail for up to four years for the crime of posting anything on the internet that the government deems inappropriate. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Deb, Deb, I, I would let that cool down before drinking it. I mean, it's, it's boiling, it's boiling water. No, yeah, you don't, you, have, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, you, you, you can drink boiling water now. You don't even have to let it cool down. Yeah, the, the science has changed, so. No, no, uh, the science is clear. You'll burn yourself if you drink boiling water. Science doesn't change. It's, it's clear, do not, don't, seriously, don't drink it. Dead, dead. Yeah, I've decided to cut out all fruits and vegetables. I'm not gonna exercise either. I mean, the, the science has changed, so. No, that's, that is not a good idea. That's gonna make you very unhealthy. Where are you going, Deb? Oh, I'm uh, going skydiving later today around three o'clock. Uh, it's a new thing. You, you don't wear a parachute when you jump, you know, because the science has changed, so. Deb, Deb, what are you doing up there? You, you, you need to get down. No, no, it's totally, it's totally safe now. Yeah, I, I, uh, I won't get hurt. The science has changed. Deb, I don't think you should come down the stairs with crutches. No, it's totally fine. I'll be fine. I, I know, I know, but I don't think you should come down the stairs with crutches. I also said it wasn't a good idea to jump off the back deck, and now you're in crutches. No, it's okay. You can totally go down the stairs. It's okay. It's, uh, I'm not endangering myself at all. Okay, just the, the science has changed. It's, it's changed. It's. notice I've never really watched Bill Maher very much but I've always found him sometimes uh, irritating and rude but other times he seems lately to be very thoughtful and uh, questioning of some of the direction of the liberal movement in the United States I played a couple clips of his but I didn't want to play this last clip. I, I had a lot already in clips on the show. But it actually, his show on HBO, this particular show, was written up as an article under Ch Children's Health Defense. I think, yeah. And it said Bill Maher, M-A-H-E-R. He's a comedian, but now is a talk show. What we're doing to kids is unnecessary and horrible. So he has a show, HBO, Real Time with Bill Maher. I've never seen his show because I don't have a television. But I've seen his clips on <clears throat> YouTube where somebody, sometimes they'll, they'll have an article and they'll have the clip in there. So he says, Maher recently, um, he said, we're making kids who have, who have a COVID survivability rate of 99.98% mask up like bandits. 
Unfortunately, the thing that's getting stolen is their education, their sanity, and their social skills. Mar, Mar pointed or referred to a recent uh, John Hopkins study, <clears throat> which said lockdowns have little to no of public health effects, which we've been saying for two years. <clears throat> but since the health officer said it, it had to be right. But most doctors, even though they wouldn't, didn't have the courage to step out against her, they said it will ruin your immune system staying inside all the time. So Mars says the John Johns Hopkins study said uh, the lockdowns have imposed enormous economic and social costs where they have been adopted. The report concluded that lockdowns are ill-founded and should be rejected as a pandemic policy instrument. Now, Dr. Liu, Dr. Death, portrays herself as the smartest thing around and that she is really super smart on public health and pandemics. But she did everything wrong. You know, it's one thing when you get one thing wrong. You know, Bill Maher made a, a really good point, and he did it with a video clip. Have you ever seen these clips on YouTube where they show what what the military sees when they're going to strike, do a strike with a drone or something? And you see all these troop movements or these this convoy of vehicles or these people around this uh, kind of like this fort thing. And, and you, you see what the, the guy that's going to direct the rocket sees. And then pretty soon you see him engage and shoot that thing. And it's just a laser strike. They can send that through. They can send that to rocket or that whatever that device is. They can send it right through a bathroom window and kill a guy in the shower. It's just unbelievable. And Mar rightfully makes this amazing analogy that he says, how come the military can strike a guy thousand miles away driving down the road in a car. They can hit a, hit that car with laser ability. And yet we could, we screwed this pandemic up totally. Now my theory, it's actually not a theory. I'm telling you the truth. It wasn't screwed up. It was planned this way all along and they got they got lackeys they got they got these chump people like Dr. Death and the supervisors to go along with it. They just told them what they're going to do cuz they're big dogs and the little dogs are afraid of the big dogs so they just do what they are told. In other words, the supervisors when they run for election say, "Oh, I I'm your man, I'm your woman, I'm going to be a leader, I'm going to fix this, I'm going to fix that, I'm going to back you." I'm going to take an oath of office that, that said, I'm going to protect you. Then they always say, well, that's what, that's what state of California said. Oh, that's what Sacramento says. Oh, we got to do it because, you know, oh, oh, we're going to lose money or, or, or they just have no independence at all. They don't have any backbone. They don't have any mind of their own and they're, they're pussies. So, so anyway, Mars says this, this study says, <laughs> Lockdowns have little to no effect. This isn't some right-wing study. This is Johns Hopkins University. That's where the 210 uh, planning happened to launch COVID. So don't be saying it's some right-wing deal. They have little to no public health effects. 
positive public health effects and have imposed enormous economic social costs where they have been adopted. They are ill-founded and should be rejected as a pandemic policy instrument. Mars says that's kind of a big one to get wrong, right? I say the same thing. How many hundreds of thousands of people died because they got uh, quarantined or forced to stay inside their own home? In July 2021, you remember President Biden told the American people, you're not going to get COVID if you get vaccinated. And you could hear Maddow, Maddow already played that clip, saying that clip of her saying she she wouldn't get she wouldn't get COVID if she got vaccinated. She got vaccinated and she got COVID. So Mars says for months it was taboo and even banned on social media to discuss the possibility that COVID originated in a lab. Now our intelligence agencies agree that it might have. <clears throat> it's it's just amazing. The whole thing is that he says, how wrong do you get to be in government while still holding the default setting for representing science? He's got a good point. We can laser tag anybody around the world and knock them out with heat-seeking missiles and all that kind of fancy stuff. But we can't manage an event like this, a health event. And, and again, I know, I know what the answer is. It isn't, it isn't incompetence. It's fear and totalitarian control. That's what happened here. And so this everybody down the line from the top people, they just, they became passive. And I don't think, I'm not into any passive supervisors. I think we ought to remove every supervisor that's on there, except for maybe the last ones that just got elected recently. Because they they got us into, and they, as I said in my article recently, schools abusing schools are abusing children or kids. <clears throat> uh, I I lost my train of thought all of a sudden. Let's see what where, where was I going with that? Uh, it'll come back to me. So I'll just leave it. Anyway, there, it it's a good article on on children are getting abused by the public school system. Now, the reason I started talking about Marr is that um, it's interesting that Marr now has become a target for the liberals because they have changed. He hasn't, but he, and he's calling them out on it. Now, I wanted to talk about what's going on with kids because it's intense what's going on. So uh, it, that's why I wrote the article that, of... Um, Schools are abusing kids. So check this out. In you know, you remember uh, Loudoun County, Virginia. That's when they've been having just a toxic mess back there at the school board meetings, and uh, that's where they started uncovering all the pornography books that are written. They're not adult pornography; they're written for children, but they're pornographic. And uh, so they started bringing that up, and they started arguing. Remember, the guy got his uh, his daughter got raped. Uh, she's a teenager. She's a freshman, and this guy raped her repeatedly in the bathroom. And then nothing was done about it. It was covered up, and he ended up raping other people at other schools. 
So they've been having to stir up back there about all that. And then uh, Merrick Garland, thank God he isn't on the Supreme Court. This guy is a total tweak and nutcase. He looks like a little mouse. He looks like a Fauci's brother. And um, so they called him on the carpet of sending out a memo that to call parents that go to school board meetings and are upset domestic terrorists. Now it it just it's beyond it's beyond imagination. These people are totally nuts. So uh, people were in there talking about we we want to get the masks off our kids. We don't like the social distancing. We don't like all the baloney COVID rules, right? And then we found out in the school boards that really they weren't even arguing about the health of the mass. They were just simply, if they were going to get 40 or 50 or $60 million of COVID money, there were rules that they had to abide by or they weren't going to get the money. One of them was you keep all the kids masks, you have, have them six feet apart and all the nonsense. So while they, while people argued science on one side, there was, they, it, it was a lie from the beginning. There isn't anything like, oh, we we did a boo-boo, we made a mistake. This was all very intentional. It was planned. It was strategic. There's, they didn't miss a lick. They did not miss a lick. They studied society. They studied sociology, and and they, this COVID thing has not left any part of our culture untouched. It'll never be the same. So this has been a psychological operation. So this this title of this. Uh, it was writ- written about this thing that happened in Ludlow, Massachusetts. It said four school, in other words, this is a fourth of four. <laughs> four school accused of secretly helping ch- children turn transgender. When I read this, I still find it hard to even believe that that they're doing this. It says when Ludlow, Massachusetts teacher Bonnie Manchester was told by school administrators to call a female student by his new gender name. And not to mention that to the child's parents, that was the last straw. Do you get it? The parents had no idea of what was going on, changing the kid's gender and name right on his school records and letting him be a guy, letting her be a guy, and never the parents get a consult on it. So Manchester, who seems like a really nice woman, said, I did what any teacher would do and should do. I told the parents what was going on at school. The child was just 11 at this time. Remember, they're getting counseling this 11-year-old child, male child, or female, that uh, to switch to a guy. So they were all all they were meeting with this 11-year-old in secret without any parent approval but also in private with a 12 with the 12-year-old brother regarding his purported interest and in going the other way. So we got a girl wanting to be a boy and we got a boy wanting to be a girl in the same family. It it it's just bizarre. So Bonnie Manchester who has been a social studies teacher at the district's middle school got fired for telling the children's parents about the school's clandestine or secret activity. Principal Stacy Monette called Manchester's conduct unbecoming a teacher. Unbelievable. This is so, this, this story is beyond belief. It is unbelievable. This is like unbelievable. She referred, the principal referred to Bonnie Manchester 
uh, referring to her inappropriate communications with the parents of a student. I'm telling you that the schools philosophically believe they own the kids now and the parents don't need to be informed. So here was the accusation to Bonnie Manchester by Principal Stacy Monette said you shared sensitive confidential information about a student's expressed gender identity against the wishes of the students. Oh, that's those students. I want you to think about that for a minute. These students are not 22. These students are 11. You don't think what they're saying is you don't have a right as a teacher. If you're concerned about a student to talk to the parents. Monette and other administrators didn't respond to requests for comments from the media. On January 31, parents in Jacksonville, Florida, filed a federal lawsuit against their 12-year-old daughter's school for having secret meetings with her to encourage her to identify as a boy after she began expressing gender confusion at school. The parents found out only after the child tried to commit suicide by hanging herself in the school bathroom. Oh, well, I guess she hangs herself and hangs a a sheet on herself, said, parents, I decided to switch to a different gender, and it's really been hard, so I think I'll just kill myself. Any further questions, ask the teacher. She helped me. It's unbelievable. These are little kids. Last week, a Salinas, California parent filed a notice of intent to file a lawsuit against the Buena Vista School Middle School for allegedly allowing two teachers to secretly brainwash her teenage daughter into identifying as a bisexual and later a transgender. These are teachers doing this, people. These are teachers in your government propaganda schools. A week earlier in Texas, an anonymous teacher outed her school to a digital media outlet by releasing documents from the school's training programs that show the teachers were being told to keep parents in the dark about any disclosures their children make at school about gender identity feelings. Quote, do not, in bold caps, it says, contact these parents and out them to their families. Out the kids to the families, I mean. Mary McAllister Senior counsel for the Children and Parental Rights Campaign said her organization also represents a New York family about to file suit on similar grounds. She says, Mary McAllister says, schools are secretly grooming kids to be gay and they have outside influences teaching them how to do just that. Lesson number one is to cut parents out of the picture. According to the Florida lawsuit, there was that was filed by McAllister's organization on behalf of the parents, the school withheld that information because they knew the parents were Catholic and would not agree with the child's regendering. Get it? Regendering. What right if does any school or any teacher have to step into a situation like that? So I just give you an example. We got a few minutes left here of this segment. So years ago, I was working at the Church of Glad Tidings, and I got a story told to me by a lady up in Oroville. And she said, a girl, young girl became pregnant. Her parents did not know, but the school nurse or the teacher knew. And so the girl 
was beside herself, didn't know what to do because she didn't have any contact with her parents. Or you should be talking to your parents about that. But it's tough, tough talk. I get it. So the teacher in Oroville, Butte County, just north of us, took the child down and had the child have an abortion. It's a minor child. Not 16, not even above 16. Minor child. They went down and had the abortion. And uh, it was one of those abortions where I don't know whether they, they, they missed something or it was, it was a botched abortion. It was done by a doctor. And um, I, don't know, I, I don't know whether they gave her one of those devices or, or drugs or something that would have her miscarry at home. I don't know. Anyway, what happened, the long and short of it is, I'm talking about the clandestine activity of adults messing with your kids at school. This girl ended up delivering a portion of the head of the baby in the toilet. And she called out to her mother. Her mother came in, saw the head portion of a head of a baby in the toilet. And they ended up suing the school. Don't you think that'd be a good deal to do? I do too. So it says in a California case, Jessica Conan claims that two teachers coached her daughter to change her identity at L that they get, you know how you have a Bible club on campus or a ski club on campus. They have on this school in California, an LGBTQ, etc. club. And uh, during the lunch hour and at that lunch hour, they encourage her to change her identity in exchange of emails. The child asked the teachers what name should, what name she should write on her school binders in light of the fact that she was not going by, a boy's name. They said, this is so amazing. Now they tell her, the teachers, write whatever your mother will approve. After all this finagling, then they go back and say, oh, well, you know, you need to talk to your mom about it to change your name, right? So on and on and on it goes. In Manchester, Bonnie Manchester, and eight, Bonnie Manchester ended, ended up getting fired her and 18 other teachers submitted a letter to the school administration school board complaining about funky books. The librarian who identified as non-binary in this something, the library identifies who cares what she identifies that she's non-binary has since resigned. School superintendent Todd Gazda also resigned over what he called an intolerance of the LGBTQ etc. individuals. We'll be right back. Well, it's not always raining. There'll be days like this. When there's no one complaining, there'll be days like this. When everything falls into place, like the flick of a switch. Oh, my mama told me there'll be days like this. Canadians, are you really just going to sit there and watch as an unethical, authoritarian minority government runs roughshod over your neighbors? Really? I mean, fully half of Canadians support the fundamental principles that triggered this convoy in the first place, dropping the mandates. And fully 100% of Canadians should support the right to protest. The government began by ignoring this little convoy emerging from Vancouver. 
That didn't work. As support grew, they directed a smear campaign at the organizers of the convoy. That didn't work. Somewhere around Winnipeg, this thing became a movement. And the government began their disinformation campaign with the cooperation of the government-funded Canadian media. They told you that this convoy had little support as they turned their cameras away from the enormous crowds lining the roads. They told you this convoy is comprised of a small group of extreme radicals. As Facebook literally exploded with new groups and other kinds of support for the convoy. With Ottawa jammed and totally surrounded with countless Canadian citizens, the Prime Minister attempted to incite violence through his speech. That didn't work. A road hockey game broke up. And in this weird post-Marxist, neo-fascist, pseudo-democracy that we live in, now the government is attempting to interfere with the funding for the convoy. Let's see if that works. So, the government's kind of backed themselves into a corner here, haven't they? What's the next logical step? Well, the government's going to bring the violence. Yes, the government is going to gather their forces, put on their vests and their helmets and their face shields, bring their batons and their tear gas and their water cannons, and eventually their guns. Are you going to let them do that? Really? You're just going to sit there and let them do that? Do something. Write a comment. Make a post. Join a group. Form a group. Write an email to your MLA, to your MP, to your mayor, to the Prime Minister, to the Governor General, to the Queen. Do something. Go to Ottawa. Do something. Please. So me and my buddy, collecting garbage. Streets are clean, as you can see. Super clean. Spotless. Spotless. We got shut down because we didn't have helmets, so we went and got helmets. We came back, jumped on there, and the cop says to us, it's got no plates on it, no insurance, so we can't drive this thing. We can't clean up garbage. They're stopping us from cleaning up garbage. They're not on our side. They're not helping us at all. Yeah. They're, it's a squeeze, right? It's, right? it's a little squeeze, and uh, everyone that sees this video, make it go viral. We are out here cleaning up and a guy like Ben is driving around making this place spotless. There isn't a cigarette butt. We've been spreading salt as well so nobody falls because the town's not cleaning anything up, not cleaning any snow. We've gone through 30 bags of salt in this area yeah. so nobody slips and falls. And they've been here cooking uh, burgers and everything for... Courtney's been cooking sausages, hamburgers, everything by donation. We got a 53-foot trailer over there, packed full of food. Yeah. So that's the stuff that needs to get out, guys. Uh, we're, we're, we're not impacting. This is under siege. We're actually cleaning. And this good good man, Ben, is now just getting screwed over. Uh, but, well, 
Welcome to Trudeau government. All right. Any last words, Ben? No, that's it. See you guys. Okay. Freedom. In other places Over the horns They're blowing that sound Way on down south Way on down south London town All right. So I want to play a clip uh, in this segment. Yep, I got the right segment. So I've been talking uh, for two years now, it seems, about crimes against humanity and that during the Nazi realm, regime, realm, time, era, the Nazi era, that the, the crimes against humanity weren't just let's have a war and let's fight for our cause and people get killed on each side. The crimes against humanity were so egregious, playing with babies' lives, experimenting on twins, injecting people with chemicals. They, they, were, they didn't know what they would do to the human being. They just experimented on prisoners. So what happened is at the end of World War II, the Allies, that would be Russia, England and the United States primarily, but there were others that joined us as well. They decided that that something more had to be done. We just couldn't have a peace treaty, but we needed to have trials and try people for their behavior and their decision-making that caused millions and millions of people to suffer and die, individuals, not um, civilians, not just uh, army people or military people. And so they, they tried, you can, you can watch these amazing YouTube videos of the actual trial and even a, a summary of the trial. And they talk about uh, prosecuting and hanging or putting in prison a variety of interesting people, some medical people and even females, uh, and then some attorneys Lots of different people that, and then certainly political leaders, gov- uh, military leaders that uh, needed to be held accountable. But they, they killed some of them, hung them, and, and others they put in long-term prison. The reason I bring this up is I want to play this clip right now uh, about, it's, it says, Grand Jury R- Reiner Fulmich, who's a German attorney. He's he spends some time in Northern California here, but he's actually spends a lot of time in Germany. He makes his opening statements on the fifth of February uh, about the cases that they're going to bring against Fauci, Gates, and a bunch of other people and uh, pharma pharmacy organizations. So I'm going to play this about eight and a half minutes. He's going to read the charges. This is real stuff. They're going to try to convene some sort of a Nuremberg trial thing to go after Fauci and all these culprits that uh, and Gates, Bill Gates, all these people that have uh, foisted evil on the world. So I'll be right back. 
would now like to give the floor to Dr. Rainer Fömich, attorney at law in Germany, for an overview. Thank you. <clears throat> Good afternoon. My name is Rainer Fömich, and it is my pleasure to serve as one member of a group of distinguished international attorneys and lawyers who have been collaborating on this very important case for many months now. This case involving the most heinous crimes against humanity committed under the guise of a corona pandemic on a global scale looks complicated only at first glance. But when you put together all those pieces, all those little pieces of the puzzle, as we will do this for you with the help of many renowned experts and other witnesses during this proceeding, you will see four sets of facts. One, there is no corona pandemic, but only a PCR test plandemic, fueled by an elaborate psychological operation designed to create a constant state of panic among the world's population. This agenda has been long planned. It's ultimately unsuccessful. Precursor was the swine flu some 12 years ago. And it was cooked up by a group of super rich, psychopathic and sociopathic people who hate and fear people at the same time, have no empathy and are driven by the desire to gain full control over all of us, the people of the world. They are using our governments and the mainstream media, both of which they literally own, to convey their panic propaganda 24-7. Two, the virus itself can be treated safely and effectively with vitamin C, D, zinc, etc., and also with off-label use of ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, etc. But all these, not alternative methods of treatment, but real methods of treatment, were banned by those who are using the guise of this pandemic to push their ultimate goal, which is to get everyone to receive the, as we will show in this proceeding, not only ineffective but highly dangerous, yes, lethal, experimental injections. Three, the same people who made the swine flu, which ultimately turned out to be a mild flu, into a pandemic 12 years ago by first changing the definition of what a pandemic is and then creating panic, created this corona pandemic. The swine flu was their first real attempt at creating a pandemic. And just as one of its purposes then was to divert our attention from the blatantly fraudulent activities of their financial industry, more aptly to be called a financial mafia, which had become visible through the Lehman crisis, this is also one of their major purposes of this corona pandemic now. Had we taken a closer look then during the Lehman crisis, instead of blindly believing our governments, uh, government's promises that the perpetrators of those financial crimes will be hel held liable, we would have seen th uh, then that they had been looting and plundering our public coffers for decades. And we would have seen that our governments are not our governments anymore. Rather, they have been taken over by the other side through their main platform, the World Economic Forum, which had started to create their own global leaders through their Young Global Leaders Program as early as 1992 two of the first graduates being Angela Merkel and Bill Gates. And we would have understood already then what we will show you now through this proceeding. These financial crimes went unchallenged by our politicians because they're aiding and abetting those who commit them and profiting from these crimes. Four, 
Ultimately, however, we will show to you, the jury, that the other side's main purpose is to gain full and complete control over all of us. This involves the finalization of their looting and plundering by deliberately destroying our small and medium-sized businesses, retail businesses, hotel and restaurants, so that platforms such as Amazon can take over. And this involves population control, which in their view requires both a massive reduction of the population and manipulating the DNA of the remaining population with the help, for example, of mRNA experimental injections. But it also requires, in their view, the deliberate destruction of democracy, of the rule of law, and of our constitutions through chaos, so that ultimately we will agree to losing our national and cultural identities and instead will accept a one-world government under the UN, which is now under the full control of them and their World Economic Forum, a digital passport through which each and every move is monitored and controlled, and one digital currency, which we will only be able to receive from one world bank, theirs, of course. At the conclusion of the case, and after you have heard all the evidence, we are confident that you will recommend indictments against all six putative figurehead defendants, Christian Drosten of Germany, Anthony Fauci, the United States, Tedros of the World Health Organization, Bill Gates, BlackRock, and Pfizer. Ladies and gentlemen, this case is about a long-planned agenda of a group of ultra-rich people and their financial mafia based in the city of London and on Wall Street to use a pseudo-pandemic as a guise behind which, while our attention is on the pandemic, they want to complete their decades-long efforts to gain full and complete control over all of us. There are numerous platforms on which this group has been meeting and discussing this agenda, but the most important one is that of the World Economic Forum, which was invented in 1971 by a then 33-year-old Klaus Schwab. Its members are a thousand global corporations with at least five billion U.S. dollars in annual sales, politicians, media representatives, scientists, and other so-called high-profile personality. They meet once a year in Davos, but there are other such meetings, for example, in China. And since 1992, they have created and presented to us their own group of political leaders for the world. Among the first graduates, as I mentioned before, are Angela Merkel and Bill Gates in 1992. Others are Sebastian Kurz, up until recently Chancellor of Austria, Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, Jacinda Ardern, Prime Minister of New Zealand, François Macron, President of France, and many, many more. This group, which is now called the Davos Clique, is openly, the publication The Great Reset by Klaus Schwab is one of the most important sources for this information, promoting the shifting of the world's assets to this group of super-rich people so that in 2030, Ordinary people will owe nothing and be happy, as it explicitly states there, under their one-world government with a digital currency given to us by their one-world bank. And they're also openly promoting in close cooperation with people like the putative defendant Bill Gates, the Rockefellers and others, the drastic reduction of the world's population and the manipulation of the remaining population's DNA all the way into transhumanism. 
Their most important goal is, however, the controlled, by them, of course, implosion of the completely looted financial system and simultaneous introduction of a digital currency issued by one world bank controlled by them, and just as important, the introduction of a world government under the UN which has come under their full control in 2019. For this purpose, they have made concrete plans for this corona pandemic since at least the spring of 2001, Operation Dark Winter, followed by another such rehearsal, the lockstep exercise by the Rockefeller Foundation in 2010, and finally, Event 201 in October of 2019 in New York, sponsored by the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security, the Rockefeller Foundation, the World Economic Forum, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. All right, welcome back. Well, that uh, <clears throat> that clip is, uh, you know how when if you've ever been in a trial or been on a on a jury, uh, you listen to the prosecutor stand up at the beginning of the trial and make his case. Uh, he he kind of prophesies or predicts what's going to go on in the case from his point of view or her point of view, and say uh, this is what. Uh, this is what we're going to try to prove. This is what we think the person did. This is what, what we think we're going to find him guilty of. And that's what this is with uh, the international cabal that just tried to destroy the world and take over the world and reduce the world in population to about a half billion people. And so those are the, the big points that he was reading there in a grand jury uh, over in Germany. So, um, you know, it's it's interesting to see what's happened to our our government and um, the deterioration in our government and the lack of lawfulness in the government. The the government uh, believes that they can act illegally and get away with it, but they've actually reduced the crimes, the penalties for crimes for uh, theft and things like that. So we actually have people that are, are making a living off going into stores and just removing things, not just like stealing an item now and then, for some stupid reason, but they actually just go in to steal thousands of, of dollars worth of stuff and just walk out. And um, so more and more, uh, we find that that we're just calling the police after the fact because they didn't pre they couldn't prevent what was happening. Like out, out at uh, Church of Glad Tidings, we have a warehouse and we've had tweakers uh, cut holes through the steel, take the steel uh, sides off the the building, drive through the roll up door, drive through the personnel door, uh, destroy that, do three thousand dollars worth of damage to steal two hundred dollars worth of stuff, and it's just crazy. And all we would do is kind of odd. We'd call the sheriff and let him know what happened. They'd come out, take a report, and then that was it. And then we'd we'd repair it and wait for the next thing to happen. It would happen all the time, and happen uh, so often. I thought of taking a gun out there and see if I could eliminate them, like trying to kill rats. Uh, but the reason I bring it up is it's more and more uh, you're, you're having to protect your own property. And so one way to do that is to hire a, a security firm and like Elite Universal Security here in Yuba County, but they serve all over Northern California, but their, their job, you think, you know, the old style security firms back in 50 years ago, 30 years ago, they just were kind of guard like people stood guard or they patrolled, things like that. But now it's all high tech. They got dispatchers. Uh, they have people that, that work around markets and malls and things like that. And then they also work around 
places like big plants like SunSuite here locally and uh, to assure there's not any funny business going on. But uh, they do a variety of things as well as strategize about how to stop something crazy that's going on in, in your uh, in your property and try to keep your pro- products or your property yours. So if you want to uh, need some help there or figure out how to stop the craziness, maybe people are dumping garbage or stuff on your property. That certainly happened in some of our places. But uh, Monty Hecker at Elite Universal Security can help you with that, and he can be reached at 530-749-0280. They do a lot of work. They're also looking for workers. They're looking for uh, guards. They'll train you to do that. Uh, They can do some online training and some classroom training. They also do concealed weapon permits. They're kind of a do a lot of the diversified diversified type group but if you want to work and maybe just work part-time maybe you're dying of boredom and uh this would be a good opportunity to bring in some little extra cash so elite universal security check them out uh they also have a website eliteuniversalsecurity.com and uh give them a shout and uh, also i wanted to mention thrifty Rooter, they're also looking for workers. Everybody's looking for workers. You can't find a job now. You don't really want a job. I just, if I, anyway, I won't get off on a sidetrack, but thriftyrooter.net, you can check out them. They are a top notch into their fifth decade, fifth decade of doing plumbing, keeping people, keeping people's feet dry and, and, uh, keeping the water where it's supposed to be. Water needs to be where it's supposed to be. It's very destructive if it gets out of hand, and so uh, Thrifty Rooter are experts at that. And even if you need their big old septic tank pump because something's wrong in there, it's not flowing out into the leach field, but you need to just relieve the pressure so they can come and just take what you got in that tank out and take it away. So thriftyrooter.net, you can reach them right off that website. You can fill out and uh, just a few lines, who you are, contact number, location, what you need. And they have these boxes you can check off about what you need and just do it. Take you two minutes. Boom. Just send it in. And uh, or you could call them old school. And that is uh, 530-673-8201, 530-673-8201. They will do you a good job. Now, all these guys I mentioned, if you see them, if you use them if you use them to employ them or you want to go to work there tell them you heard about it over here at lou's podcast so uh all right let me see what i want to do here we just got a minute or two left let me just mention uh dave Greenitz construction green with etc on the end you can go to greenitzconstruction.com or you could go to dave Greenitz construction facebook page the unique thing about dave Greenitz is that uh, he's an amazing uh, crafts person. I've heard other people tell him had, had, that they worked for Dave, and and uh, Dave had to go back and and say, hey, 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 we need to be that needs to be a better corner. That needs to be better tied in. That needs to be a better job. It's sloppy looking. He does first rate business, and he makes sure first rate work, and he makes sure all his uh, prime, his uh, subs do the same. So, uh, as I mentioned last week, we're working on this, starting to work on this uh, 612 E Street building, an old building. It's been 100 years old or so. We're going to kind of trick it out. And so some of his subs are actually going to help over there, Greg Davey painting, those those kind of people. 
So uh, if you want to give Greenitz, you can reach him off your off the apps there, his website. You can reach him that way. You can also reach him off Facebook. But uh, his number, if you want to do old school, is 530-682-9602. That's 682-9602. And uh, he's a busy boy. You may have to wait a little bit on your kitchen or your bath. Uh, that's that's his specialty. But you on those sites, you can check out how good they are. But uh, you may have to wait a little bit, but it's worth the wait. We'll be right back. We're going to get into our fifth segment in a heartbeat. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. Virginia's new governor, Glenn Youngkin, is turning the table on his pro-abortion predecessor, Ralph Northam, who established a director of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Youngkin named Angela Saylor to the role and elevated it to a cabinet-level position. But instead of advancing extreme social issues, the director will promote ideas, policies, and practices to eliminate disparities in prenatal care and be an ambassador for unborn children. Now that's true inclusion. Saylor will also promote free speech and civil discourse, including viewpoint diversity at universities where pro-life and other biblical values are routinely censored. The director will also be responsive to the rights of parents and education. This is diversity we can all get behind. Follow us on Twitter at Life Issues USA and stay informed, more informed than you've ever been. Sure, but most of what I've heard you talking about has been about the distribution of income rather than about the distribution of wealth. Yes. Now, you wouldn't argue, at least I hope you wouldn't, that the person in, let's okay, say, sure. let's say <laughs> India is genetically inferior, say, to the person in America. It's rather through the purely arbitrary circumstance of birth that he's in a country with a less developed economy and, or in a family that doesn't have as large a share of the capital. And that's that not something that he's to blame for. Well, I'm not so blaming anybody. Even if the free market system equitably works and everyone progresses an equal amount, that person who started out with less, a lesser share of the capital is still going to end up with a lesser share of the capital. That's right. And there's nothing in the free market system that's going to enable him to make up for what was a purely arbitrary deficit in the first place. And given that the kind of people who become successful capitalists do not become that way, by giving away their wealth voluntarily, isn't it necessary to forcibly redistribute wealth before you can begin to operate under a capitalist system? No, it is not. The only way in which you can redistribute effectively the wealth is by destroying the incentives to have wealth. And the question is, what is the way, what is the system which will offer those people who are so unlucky as to be born without uh, good positions. What is the system which will offer them the greatest opportunity? 
Well, one possible way of redistributing the wealth without affecting the incentives to earn as much income as possible is simply to have a 100% inheritance tax. Uh, but Since that, that won't not, affect the incentives, it's only after the person is dead your, anyway. I beg your pardon. Uh, you're too, uh, I'm afraid, uh, uh, I don't know the family you come from. <laughs> I don't, uh, but as you grow up, you will discover that this is really a family society and not an individual society. We tend to talk about an individualist society, but it really isn't, it's a family society. And the greatest incentives of all, the incentives that have really driven people on, have largely been the incentives of family creation, of family of pursuing, of establishing their families on a decent system. What is the effect of 100% inheritance tax? The percent of 100% inheritance tax is to encourage people to dissipate their wealth in high living. What's the harm in that? It. The harm in that is that where do you get the factories? Where do you get the machines? Where do you get the capital investment? Where do you get the incentive to improve technology? If what you're doing is to establish a society in which the incentive is for people who, if they by accident accumulate some wealth, to waste it in frivolous entertainment. You know, the thing is that the thing that is amazing that people don't really recognize is the extent to which the market system has, in fact, encouraged people and enabled people to work hard and sacrifice in what I must confess I often regard as an irrational way for the benefit of their children. One of the most curious things to me in observation is that almost all people value the utility which their children will get from consumption higher than they value their own. Here are parents who have every reason to expect that their children will have a higher income than they ever had. And they scrimp and save in order to be able to leave something for their children. I think you are sort of like a bull in a china shop if you talk about the 100% inheritance tax having no incentive effects, it would destroy a continuing society. It would destroy a society. You remember the uh, couple that lived in a gated community, had a nice home, and a gated community means that uh, the average person just can't drop in. They're, you have to go through a gatekeeper that opens the gate. You come in, you drop off the packages, you go clean the pool, something, something. Like in our area, we have a place called Lake Wildwood, which is up actually in Nevada County, but... It's a whole development around a lake, and they have a gate, and you have to go through permission to get in the gate, and uh, so it it uh, keeps it relatively safe back in there. And so the uh, this couple that became uh, sort of heroes to a lot of folks, uh, Mark, their names Mark and Patricia McCloskey. 
and uh, they were minding their own business, and Black Lives Matter was was rioting down in the Missouri area, and uh, they came into that gated community and started stomping around. I guess they were going to go do a demonstration at the mayor's house, but somehow got in front of the McCloskey's house, and it concerned them so much because the government, of course, had endorsed, Kamala Harris had endorsed them burning down our cities, and then they endorsed uh, also not punishing them for that or arresting them for that, and so in almost every case, nothing happened to Black Lives Matter activists. And uh, so they were... Uh, demonstrating and so this couple got very concerned fearful because they've been burning down buildings and uh, they didn't want that to happen to their house so they the uh, husband and wife came out one had uh, the husband had a I don't know it was an AR-15 but the wife had a pistol and it showed them not shooting anybody uh, or not even out in the street but up on their property just standing there now, I want you to just imagine uh, my friends in communist countries can't have weapons. So what they're essentially saying, in, in, because these guys ended up in a, uh, this is a great example of prosecutorial abuse. These guys have, should have never been prosecuted. They had a right to defend themselves. They never even had to shoot anybody. They did the right thing. They probably would have ended up in a beautiful white house. It'd probably end up being trashed by Black Lives Matter. And nobody, no judge would have prosecuted those Black Lives Matter people. But since since we have the McCloskeys now there, and they're wealthy, it's a nice neighborhood. Nothing wrong in America to be wealthy, right? Make all the money you want, as far as I'm concerned. So uh, they were standing holding guns, and the pictures went all over everywhere. So uh, here's what happened to him. The DA filed charges on them, ridiculous charges. And this this is one of these DAs, like the San Francisco district attorney and the uh, some of the Los Angeles folks. And uh, this is a Soros-bred district attorney. And uh, so it's interesting. One group in our society made them heroes and another group made them thugs. So at the 2020 Republican national convention, the two of them, the McCloskey's uh, were speakers at that event. And it turns out now that Mark McCloskey, these, these uh, two people are both attorneys. It looks like Mark McCloskey is going to run for the U S Senate as a Republican out of Missouri. Now, uh, it's interesting that the judge found them guilty of second degree, second degree something, brandishing a weapon, something like that, right? When they had, they have a right under the Constitution, the First Amendment, or the Second Amendment, excuse me, to defend themselves and to have guns. They're, that's proper. So, uh, so they had, so. Kimberly Gardner, who is a Soros plant, a Democrat in St. Louis, first black chief prosecutor. She was accused of racism, was removed from the case of this case I'm talking about on December 2020 by Circuit Judge Thomas 
Clark II for using the incident in inflammatory campaign fundraising emails. So instead of just judging the case, she takes to the airways to say, vote for me, give me money, uh, because I'm going to put the McCluskey's feet to the fire. So, again, the background to this is Black Lives Matter were not ever prosecuted. But people that didn't want their house to be or store to be damaged either got killed, like the old black gentleman. Uh, So, or the McCloskeys who are found at fault for doing nothing wrong. So this Judge Clark ruled that Gardner's behavior raised the appearance of impropriety and jeopardized the defendant's right to a fair trial. The the judge, this one judge, going after the district attorney because she's corrupt. So uh, it says here that leftist George Soros, and by the way, George's brother is the one who tutored and mentored our Dr. Death over here. So leftist financier George Soros <clears throat> began funding district attorneys around the United States, and it has really paid off. So the activists that appeared before the McCluskey's home were marching to the, to the home of La, uh, St. Louis mayor. I told you that. Uh, so under court rules, the fact that the McCluskey's were each convicted of a misdemeanor offense. They were convicted of a misdemeanor offense for what they did. They did not hurt anybody. They did not shoot at anybody. They just stood there with their guns. It'll require them to be disciplined uh, Chief Justice Paul Wilson wrote in the Twin Orders on February 8th. Moral to this is they they charge him with moral turpitude. That's the only time we use this in legal stuff. Moral tu- turpitude means wicked, deviant behavior constituting an immoral, unethical, and unjust departure from ordinary social standards that such that it would shock a community. So they plead out, they pled out. And uh, they were fined thousands of dollars. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. They were the victims, and they, they got sent to, sent to jail. So this, this, what this shows you is the corrupt nature of the DA and the liberal nature of these judges who just decided that they're going to penalize uh, People on their own, like when on Major K, when Stephen Barriers, Stephen Barrier locally overturned that property, that sales tax, Major K in Yuba County overturned it and said this is invalidated. They invalidated it uh, because it didn't line up with the law, the ordinance that they wrote locally. So that's the county of Yuba. Uh, then the supervisors appealed it took our tax dollars to appeal it to a Sacramento appellate court and they overturned it and it was just corrupt. Uh, they came up just like finding a reason in, in the constitution of the United States to kill a baby. They found a reason to, uh, to go after the McCluskey's and this is happening all around the country. It isn't just the McCluskey's. So, uh, Moral turpitude. I'm trying to see where McCluskey says she was. Patricia said she was disappointed. 
I guess you're disappointed, girl. You got stolen. You got ripped off, right? Uh, immoral, unethical, unjust departure. It's it's just, it's just absolutely all they did was stand there, and they didn't say anything about. There was no prosecution of the black and white kids there, right? Rioting and stirring it up, breaking the stuff, take, take damaging public public property. You know, the founding fathers said if we don't get a handle on da- respecting people's private property, our whole our whole uh, system of government will fail. You understand that? If property can just be taken by the government for no reason and no due process, like when they shut down store after store after store here and they couldn't make a living, they did not compensate any store for that time that they shut them down. You know that? They didn't compensate anybody. So uh, that's the way this thing is working, where the government feels they can just come and take whatever they want, whenever they want it. So, uh, okay. I don't know whether you... uh, Let's see, where are we? I better make a couple mention and I'm going to talk about nature news. Do you ever know, or natural news? You ever look at that? You have emails. You can get emails from natural news. It's very good. It's not just all about uh, foods. It's really a lot about politics. So, but first of all, I want to mention a couple people and kind of wrap up, um, mentioning and thanking those that supported us. Peachtree health is where you get a hold of Dr. Cassidy. He and I've been working for about, I don't know, eight months now, helping addicts get into a rehab or get help right away, whether it's Suboxone or whatever we give them, alcoholics, it's different for all of them. So if you want some help with your addiction, we can help you. And that, that you start the starting point, the first door is through Peachtree Health, and you can dial them up at 530 530-749-3242. And I know it's working. We've been handing out these flyers with our names and phone numbers on them. And so we're getting people with the flyer in their hand coming in over there. But if you have an addiction issue, we can help you. And the reason we're involved doing this is because the behavioral health people are flaky. And they're spending all the money on administration over there. And they're not processing people through. And I can't handle it even when I'm healthy. But you, if I'm un- under the influence of heroin or meth... I'm certainly not going to put up with trying to get an application in. So, uh, all right. Uh, also wanted to mention, oh, so, uh, I, yeah, so in other words, an application with the, uh, with the state to try to get some help with the in-home in or residential rehab. So what we got to do it if you if you'll call Peachtree Health and just ask for Cassidy and sign up for uh, an appointment and if they ask you why just say addiction no big deal we we're dealing with every day out there so five three zero seven four nine three two four two or if you have all kinds of trouble out there and they say oh he's too busy oh we're not taking any more right now just text him at five three zero six eight two eight six four eight that's five three zero six eight two eight six four eight and if that doesn't work fast enough for you, just call me up 530-713-1838, 530-713-1838, and I will, 
I will work on the logistics of getting you in there and out of there and on your way and doing a lot, lot better. Okay. So uh, let's see. There was something I was going to mention, uh, and I, I keep, it keeps coming in and out of my mind when I'm trying to talk about something. And uh, but I'll, I'll catch it before before we're over here. We got uh, about 26 minutes in the show left. So, and finally, let me mention the plumbing doctor. Um, they are good friends of mine, honest people, and they are doing well. I just talked to Ted Holmes, who owns Plumbing Doctor, this week. I said, "Hey, how's the business going?" He said, "It's very busy. We got some good workers right now, and the Plumbing Doctor is another one they could they could use workers." So uh, you you think about it. And um, oh, by the way, also Dr. Cassidy and I uh, we work together on a tattoo removal program at Church of Glad Tidings once a month. On the second Thursday night, excuse me, second Friday night, Friday day, second Friday morning of uh, the month, we remove people's tattoos if they want, and so we focus on the neck, hands, arms, lower legs, and um, we will help you get those tattoos off so you can have a clean presentation when you walk into the room. We're not anti-tat; we're just uh, helping people get on their feet. No judgment here. No, no judging you. So uh, you can, if you want in on the tattoo deal, which is fifty dollars a session, uh, call Karen at Church of Glad Tidings. Leave a voicemail. She works about three days a week now. She's getting close to retirement. So five three zero six seven one three one six zero out there six seven one three one six zero. And you could, uh, if you call after hours, just uh, when it, you get the auto attendant, just hit two four two. That should take you back to her email. She does answer Karen and just leave her your name and number. Say, I'm interested in your tattoo program. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we're helping a lot of people with the addiction issues. And so we're so happy about that and uh, good people that are just trapped. And uh, we want to see people free. Jesus said, get free, stay free. So we want to help people get free and do do well. And uh, so... Okay, uh, still, I thought there was something I needed to say. Oh, yeah, I, I'm working on these Afghan uh, reset, this Afghan resettlement uh, project or people with a team of people from Church of Glad Tidings. And so 99% of them are uh, never been to the U.S., don't know anything about it, don't know how to turn on the stove, turn off something. Uh, don't know how they just don't know right and just like we raise up our children and teach them how to cook an egg or paint the fence or you know we we give them these soft skills and so unfortunately these uh, afghan refugees uh, are fresh man they don't know jack about american life so if you want to help you could help us with the house we need it we need to rent a house uh three bedroom one bath minimum or three bedroom two bath we don't need to have a lot of square footage they they live together very easily so it doesn't have to be 2,000 square feet or 2,500 it could be a smaller place so if you if you can help uh, and I'm not asking you to give it to us we'll pay for it but I'm just I needed some help getting these people in there 530-713-1838 is my number and just if you got if you can help me find a home, I would sure appreciate it for them. So we got one elderly couple and then three twenty something uh young people. Okay. 
So we got some races coming up in the Yuba Sutter area. I, I don't know. We're still waiting for people to draw papers out, but but I, I heard today or yesterday that Jennifer Dupre, who was originally my pick and my hope to be DA of Sutter County when she ran before, uh, Amanda Hopper was running, and a lot of my friends uh, said, hey, Lou, why don't you join us in supporting Amanda Hopper? She's really nice. She'll do a great job. We have a lot of confidence in her, da 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 So I switched at the last minute and went along with my friends, and uh, Amanda Hopper has been a complete disaster as a district attorney. And in the middle of right when she got to be a district attorney, almost on her inauguration night, her husband was called in for an investigation of a woman that supposedly killed herself but shot herself multiple times. That's really unbelievable. And um, so it was, it, it was portrayed as a, as a suicide, but they never, they never closed the deal, and it was Brian Hopper, uh, the, the husband of Amanda Hopper, was somehow involved with the lady that died. And uh, so that crime, that murder, uh, suicide versus a murder, cops think it was a murder. They think they know who did it, uh, but uh, they haven't pursued it. And I think part of that's been because the DA is going to be involved in this. So she's coming up for reelection. She served, I believe, two terms so far. It'd be great to give Jennifer Dupre a shot at it because uh, she's had a long um stellar career with butte county uh, district attorney's office as a prosecutor and i think the last time i talked to her she was prosecuting a lot of uh sex crimes against children i think and uh but she's an experienced uh prosecutor and i think we need to put we need to promote her the other person that's running that i'm, I'm interested in is tambra courtright from wheatland and uh terry hansen who i've I've um, enjoyed working with for many, many years. She decided to retire at, at the end of her, her uh, term this coming December. And uh, so there's actually going to be a race for that spot. And Tambra Courtright is a sharp lady. She would do a great job. You know, some people say, well, what's the, what's the qualifications for a clerk? I don't think they really have any. Uh, I've, I've met clerks that had a background in the legal profession. They weren't lawyers. They were just simply legal secretaries. Uh, then that we had Frances Ferry years ago, who was a nurse uh, during that time. Her husband was a farmer, and she's a nurse, and she served in that capacity. So there have been numbers of women. I don't know if there's ever been a man in there. Numbers of women who have done a very good job. But you don't have to have any particular uh, skill. Uh, Tamara Courtright was a medical co coder and is, is a good attention to detail. And, uh, so she's got some real skills in business. And so I'll, I'll pick this up on the backside. We got one more segment to go. Right now, uh, many Americans have to be vaccinated against the COVID virus or they were not allowed to teach or they're not allowed to work in a hospital. Yet the two million people that are coming across the border 
there's no requirement that they be tested or there's no requirement that they be vaccinated. So the United States of all countries in the world at its very founding had the idea that you could become an American if you crossed the borders and you accepted the American idea. So when people came from diverse countries, they had skills, they spoke English, and they came legally, and there was not whole blocks of ethnic castes that had grievances or they had uh, difficulties in assimilation with the majority population. And more importantly, legal immigration was welcome because it kind of reminded Americans that there were people who were very competitive and they wanted this system of free market economics, constitutional government, a bill of rights that was lacking in their home country. What happens when the host itself, i.e. the United States, has lost confidence in its traditions and customs and doesn't feel that it should or has a right or it wouldn't be nice to impose their values on people who are arriving across a the border. Then immigration turns from something very desirable and positive to something that can be very pernicious and dangerous. The corporate establishment has been a big advocate of open borders. And it's been very hard to write op-eds for the Wall Street Journal or talk to the Chamber of Commerce because they feel that immigration, even if it's illegal, is very good for their own uh, bottom line. And the Democratic Party said, if you come illegally, we will ensure that you will not be subject to the enforcement of immigration laws. We will provide you with entitlements, but we expect in exchange fealty and loyalty and fidelity at the polls. And it explains right why now we do not enforce immigration law. Because too many parties have too many vested interests and we look at the border and it is a construct. It doesn't exist in reality. People are simply walking across and you have people coming in vast numbers from one direction. They do not speak English. They're not legal. And we the host are not the host that we have been from the prior 280 years, but we feel diffident lack of confidence about our own system. We don't feel we want to impose on our new visitors. We feel it would be cultural appropriation to tell them that this system is better than the one they're leaving. You add all of that up and you have chaos and the erosion of the idea of citizenship. The system is rigged. They want us to think it'll protect us, but that's a lie. We protect us. We do. Nobody else. Not the companies, not, not, the, not the scientists, not the government. Us. It's a big club, and you ain't in it. By the way, it's the same big club they used to beat you over the head with all day long when they tell you what to believe. All day long, beating you over the head in their media, telling you what to believe, what to think, and what to buy. Forget the politicians. The politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. The big wealthy business interests that control things and make all the important decisions. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. They got the judges in their back pockets. And they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got you by the balls. The good news is the elites across the world trust each other more and more. 
The bad news is that in every single country they were polling, the majority of people trusted that they would rest. So the owners of this country don't want that. They don't want that. You know what they want? They want obedient workers. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That's what the owners count on, the fact that Americans will probably remain willfully ignorant. I forget everything. I know nothing. We're not even angry yet. Wait till we get angry. Uh, I have been telling you I grew up in Poland, and in 1980, Polish people got angry. And I saw the police officers running for their lives. The very people that were enslaving the population, the very people that were doing this great evil to Poles were on the run. They were so terrified. I will never forget that. Because there is more of us than of them, and they crossed the line. If I was a politician, I would either resign now while you still can, because we're coming after you. And I'm not talking about the guns and the swords. I'm talking about justice, real judges, real courts, the court of the people, just like it was done under the solidarity movement in Poland. And you got a second option. You can come to our side and you can tell the public what's really going on. You can come clean. You still have that time. You devils, if you're watching this, you snakes. It's still a time for you to come to the right side of the fence. Because when the people get angry, and they eventually will, when they will lose their children or their loved ones, their mothers, their fathers, and they will learn what really happened, I wouldn't want to be you. I wouldn't want to be you. So come clean, come out, join the fight against tyranny that you help to build or else. And all else is not going to be pretty. Because you may come and say, hey, mandates are over, restrictions are over, but we remember, we know who you are, we know your names, and 10 years from now, 20 years from now, when we get the power, or a year from now, we will come after you. So I'm talking about Tambra Cartwright, and, and um, she's been really involved in the Republican Central Committee and doing a great job. And and just, you know, she'd been a, a mom and a and run her own business and or work for people coding, medical coding. And um, so she just, she geared up with this whole COVID thing. She got much more involved in the political realm. And so now she's running for the uh, county clerk spot, and I think she'll do a good job, a good woman, and uh, got a family, married, all that kind of stuff. So might want to give her a look. So I would, I'm excited that if it's true that Jennifer Dupre is going to run, I think she'll be a great candidate to take over that office. The other uh, place, there's probably a lot of, um, I didn't come prepared to talk about every single uh, competition, but I, I saw where Dan, <laughs> San, San, Dan <laughs> Flores is running. 
for, um, again, probably for the um, supervisor position. And we're hoping that other people will decide to run and so we can support removing him from office because, uh, you know, the founding fathers didn't even believe. In fact, they, they didn't. It wasn't just a chat they had. They they put it to pen on paper saying that they did not believe that that uh, representatives of the people serving the people should not be paid. They didn't believe that anybody should get paid for that. And they served as uh, without remuneration, as somebody said. Oh, that's certainly changed. And so we have these supervisors and that uh, people get into office for the wrong reasons. They get into office to see whether they can get their project done by being on the board or they can, they can help their friends getting on the board and get, get payoffs and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so that's of all the board members, I'd say Dan uh, Flores is is the pri- is like the poster boy for cashing in on government. You know how you know some people go to they get elected to office and they they were a uh, wholesaler of lawnmowers or something, right? They get elected to office. This popularity contest, right? And so uh, they're there for twelve years, right? They have a they had a meager salary going in. They were lawn, you know, maybe the guy made eighty thousand dollars a year, seventy thousand dollars a year as a lawnmower guy, peddling lawn lawnmowers, and they walk away after twelve years, and the guy's a multi bajillionaire. How does that happen? How does that happen? So uh, it's just corrupt. So some people that the founding fathers believe that people. We, we, this was such a blessing, this land that we owed, we needed to have some skin in the game and they did not believe, they thought that once people started to get paid to serve, uh, their serve service would be ingenuous, disingenuous. So, so when you look at the political spectrum, sometimes you see a person that they don't give a rip about money. They're just there to serve. And then the other time you see a person that every time they get a chance to dip into the honeypot, right. Or make a deal with somebody that on the side that, Oh yeah, I'll take care of you back. You know, eventually that's baloney and that's wrong. And, um, so that's happening on all our boards. And certainly Dan, Flores uh, is a guy that can't seem to find, can't seem to uh, get over his addiction to money. It says the love of money, not money, the love of money. When you start to love it and you just can't live without another big business deal and over and over and trying to be the king man on the hill, <laughs> just a crazy thought. But it, he, he really has served his time and uh, needs to get out and go do something else with his life instead of just mooching off the taxpayer. I, I don't know whether you know this, but he sold his business. Unbelievable. We pay we pay taxes, right? You pay taxes, and mo- most of it goes to schools. So say you're in Sutter County, and uh, so some of your cl- taxes go to the Sutter County Office of Education. Now, when I was working uh, or a, a volunteer, I sat on the board of the Yuba County Office of Education. We never bought any thing we 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 were professionals we had professional educators and if we need to add a class for this or that or the other thing 
or at a youth build or whatever. We just did it. We did not buy anything from the private sector. So we find this really strange and unusual and red flag type of a, uh, a decision by Tom Russer, who's the superintendent of schools in Sutter County, to take taxpayer money that was given to don't you know it's it's taken by force to underwrite schools that can help kids get on their feet and do a good job kids being any any age uh medical assisting all kinds of things like that so tom russer turns around and and so uh we had the government schools and then we had a thing called cambridge college which was Dan Flores, and they, so he ran his, they ran, they served the same clientele, and yet I'm told that the price for a medical assistance uh, degree was about five or six times as high with Cambridge College as with Sutter County. Now, the reason we pay all this money to the school system and taxes is to, so they, they would actually school our kids, educate our kids and handle all the buildings and take care of everything. And so Russer turns around and takes that money when they should be doing their own classes and buys a business that I don't even know what he bought. He didn't buy the building. So somebody said he paid over $400,000. I haven't looked at any of the paperwork. My point is why are our public schools turning around and buying up local businesses? It, it's just crazy. So um, I think it's really time to eliminate. That's a type of behavior with Russer that you don't want. And some people start saying, hey, we need to get rid of this elected position and make it appointed where people can be vetted. So... Um, I was going to share something else about that. Uh, Oh, somebody I was just talking to earlier today said, oh, he brought up the fact that I had brought up. I can't remember writing an article or talking about it years ago where there was a a situation at at one of the high schools and uh, the kids were playing volleyball and there were people in the stands that were giving them a hard time, particularly young boys mocking people, uh, teenagers. And so one of the girls ran over to get a stray volleyball that was over towards the stands to retrieve it and get the ball back into the uh, court. And when she bent over to pick it up, guys jumped up and, and made moves behind her. Like they were having sex with her, which horrified her and embarrassed her. Well, I was told that, that, uh, there were educators in the crowd and nobody did anything, including Tom Russer. And I thought, man, even if you weren't an educator, how about somebody standing up for somebody and helping a uh, vulnerable teen uh, coming to her aid? How about that? It's like, where's the chivalry or anything? If you're not going to discipline the kids, my understanding was the kids never did that did that horrible uh, shaming type of behavior. And that, that, that was Tom Russer for you. But anyway, uh, so Russer does a deal or deal or two with Dan <laughs> Flores. And uh, we just need to, you know, the problem we have is we get these incumbents in there that are no good. All they are is in there with their hand in the till, baby. That would be Dan <laughs> Flores. 
and they got their hand in the till. And uh, then when they get caught, they said, oh, oh, well, well I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know anybody. It, you know, if you talk to them two hours before, it's like they're the brightest thing. Uh, you know, there's Einstein and then there's Dan <laughs> Flores. So uh, that's what he thinks. He's not. But that's what he's he kind of acts like. There's an arrogance there. But then when they get caught, they say, oh, well, well, I didn't know I couldn't give myself a loan when he was on the Economic Development Corporation. It, really? I mean, you're going to serve on a board. You don't know the rules of being on a board. You can't do self-dealing. So it's incredible. So uh, anyhow, I, I uh, think we need to really look at, you know, we're a long ways away yet still a month or so away before I think the filing time is over. So some of the people may jump into the races and I hope, but I like the idea that people are talking about running against Flores, Dan <laughs> Flores. And uh, I got it always like to hand, have his hand in my pocket and then um, see who can run against some of these other folks. It'll be great. So I don't want to get bogged down too far with that and get into a candidate thing. But I, I just want to give you an idea of how corrupt things are. So I saw a, a football player. He's either a pro in the f- football realm or b- baseball or something. And he, he was making this point. He said, you know, we're forbidden to bid on our games. We're, we're forbidden to gamble and to bid on our league. And so, um, and it may be even more stringent than that, but if you remember, Pete Rose was uh, caught, I don't know whether he was ever prosecuted, it's just something he couldn't do and be in baseball. And so uh, it really ruined the end of his career, getting caught somehow gambling. And uh, so, you know, this guy, this sports guy was saying, Hey, uh, it's against the law for me to bet on my games. You understand why? Because uh, that happens. It's like a guy if the pro, if the cl- uh, the game is close, uh, either one loss or if one team needs to be you know it needs to be a closer match or a farther apart match, somebody could cheat and and drop drop the pass or miss 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 the shot and to help somebody win fifty thousand dollars, ten thousand, two hundred, whatever. And um, so this this uh, attorney or this uh, athlete was saying, if we can't if we can't bet on it, you know, it's against our code of ethics. It's against our laws being in the NFL. If we can't bet on our competitions, then how come the U.S. lawmakers can buy stocks that they make decisions about? that day and they know that it's when it comes out in the news the stock's going to go up or the stock's going to go down so they bail out or they buy stock depending on the decisions they make on capitol hill now if that is corrupt i don't care i don't care so anyway uh let me just give you how big this problem is u.s representatives and senators or their immediate family members bought about 180 million dollars and sold 175 million worth of company shares in 2021. Uh, House representatives occupy the top 10 spots in terms of the total amount transaction transacted. Uh, Michael McCall of Texas was the most active politicians by overall dollar value. His disclosures 
show roughly 35 million in stock sales and 31 million in stock purchases for a total of 66 million in uh, transactions. So then Ro, Ro Khanna, a Democrat from California, ranked second with a total transaction of $53 million. Listen, listen to this, people. We did not have super uber wealthy, as they say, uber wealthy people involved in the start of this country. And when you look at the problems of this country, you do not look at the plumbers and the pipe fitters and the uh, backhoe operators and the high, enter, high, high voltage linemen, you don't look there for the problems in our country. You look directly at Congress because they are stealing us blind and they're betting. They know they have, you know what insider trading is, where you get a tip and so you get some information and then you, it's like betting on a horse race. You either buy stock or sell stock and you come out way, way, way ahead well, that's what congressmen have been doing. They tried to stop it because they make decisions over these products and these services that can uh, influence sales. It can tank the sales or it can add huge sales. So recently, Pfizer has made bazillions of dollars. Um, Nancy Pelosi's trading activities attracted online follower. She was eighth spot with a $12 million volume in stock trades. These people, there's there's actually a, a law on the books called the Stock Act. It's an acronym for Stop Trading and Congressional Knowledge Act. And it was designed uh, in 2012 to crack down on insider trading. However, the findings of a business insider investigating uh, investigative reporting project known as Conflict Congress found that 54 members of the con Congress in 2020 and failed to properly report their trades as required by the Stock Act. So the Stock Act is basically got no teeth, but they're they're demanding that people file certain papers showing their activity, um, and then they check it over forensic forensically. So. Uh, Anyhow, the Stock Act, and, and so people are saying, hey, what we need to do is is just beef up the Stock Act, right? And that will fill in what's what's still there, uh, that will fill in and stop what's going on still there. Um, so, you know, it's interesting when the COVID start, first started and they knew they were going to shut down all these businesses and make these changes, that's when these senators and congressmen started selling or buying stock to benefit their portfolio. But they were the only ones in the country that knew that was going to go on. So that's a violation of insider trading. I don't care what people says. Just because you can get a judge to say something. We, we, we found a judge to actually agree that's all right to murder a child in the womb. We found a judge to agree back in the 1800s that black people needed to— um, that was okay to trade them and they just needed to remain submissive and didn't answer the big question of the rightness and wrongness of it. So, uh, let's see. I, I think I talked about this. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
Some people are saying that the globalists who brought us COVID and all the things of can't go in here, you can't can't sing at church, you got to can't every other pew ten feet apart at church for a while. There was just one thing after another. Everybody's got to wear a mask. Even crazy Steve Smith, who's CAO or CFO or whatever you call him of Sutter County, took his time. What a waste of time. And write glad tidings. Uh, I don't know whether it was twisting their arm, demanding, or he was really nice and he just needed to get those masks on everybody because we never insisted on any masks. And uh, so we have Steve Smith, who's getting $300,000 a year probably, uh, take time to write us a uh, discipline letter. <laughs> it's just like unbelievable. So, uh, Mike Adams with Nature's Way, it sounds like just a supplement company, but it's also heavy political. And he's claiming that the the globalists have lost. And uh, humanity withdraws consent from the tyrants and lets the system crash and burn. So I guess they're letting this, the big system crash and burn. Not going to use it anymore. So... Uh, this is also going on, of course, up in Canada. So it says, consider the impact of realizations now spreading around the world. Number one, government failed us. Number two, corporations murdered for profit. Doctors, hospitals, and the medical system betrayed people. Big tech platforms silenced the truth and cost millions of, millions of lives. Big media was complicit in the pandemic and the vaccine bio-war against humanity. The, the, the Institute of Science deceived the people. Institution of Science deceived the people and proved it is hopelessly corrupt and evil. I like these six points. They make a lot of sense to me. He said, what we've all lived through over the last two years is corrupt, deceptive, anti-human institutions waging war against truth and humanity, showing their true colors and exposing the depth of the evil. All right. So that's about it for this week. I think I got all six in after a little false start and we'll be back with you, Lord willing. Uh, and don't forget to go up and help the Apple Bistro. Take a drive up there with some of your friends, maybe a bunch of single people wanted to go, go for a drive. It's a beautiful area up there, beautiful time of year, and go up and spend some money with her. Okay, thank you for listening. Bye-bye. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Skies are blue and clouds of white, the bright blessed day and the dark sacred night, and I think to myself.